0: How's it going, MCC? Come on, let's go. How's it going? Is everybody good? It's good to see you all. Uh, I'm glad to be back here. Uh, for those that don't know, my name is Jason Johnson. And uh, I was here a couple of months ago, I think. And uh, to be invited back uh, means, I guess, that I did okay. So uh, I'm, we're going to try this again. let <laughs> see if we can come back again. But I'm glad to be back here. Uh, how was trunk a treat Was it good? Was it good? Good, good. I asked earlier, but how many people ate candy? Just be honest. How many people ate candy? <laughs> Grown people ate candy. Okay. All right. <laughs> how many people ate a lot of candy? Too much candy. You're feeling it this morning. You're feeling it. Okay. We got one hand in the back. Okay. Um, but it's it's really good to be here. My wife is here. Uh, my family is here. Uh, my beautiful wife. Beautiful family. Uh, we have five kiddos. Uh, if you don't know that we have five kiddos, yes. Yeah, so five um, kiddos. We have five <laughs> kiddos. <laughs> I just have to say that everywhere I go, I have to continue to remind myself that we actually have five kids. 18, 9, 8, 4, and 2. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so, uh, I'm so I'm so thankful to be Uh, a part of just what God is doing. I just look at what God has allowed my wife and I to build as it relates to a family, um, that uh, he's doing something in the earth, and we just pray that he continues to work in and through us and that we leave a legacy through all of these kids. Somebody got to do something for the Lord, all right? Um, So um, this morning we're going to be talking about judging. Uh, We're continuing the series of Insecure, and my assignment this morning uh, is to deal with the subject of judging. We're going to be in Matthew chapter 7, so if you can go ahead and turn to Matthew chapter 7. Matthew chapter 7, we're going to be looking at verses 1 through 6. Matthew chapter 7, verses 1 through 6. Matthew chapter 7, verses 1 through 6. I want to do something real quick before we read this passage. I want everybody to take a look at me. I want you to see, see me. Y'all see me? Okay. Y'all see a little artsy stuff going on right here, a little writings here, and got a few others. Uh, one over right here, one over right here. Uh, tattoos. And uh, this is the third time today that I've actually, I've been preaching well over 10 years, uh, well over 10 years now, and uh, this is the third time and preaching for well over 10 years, that I've actually worn a short sleeve shirt. Here's the reason why because I've always been afraid of people judging me. I was always afraid that when I would walk into a church and I would see eyes. Now I can look, 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 I, look, I can see eyes, okay? I walk in, and they're like, oh, hey, he's preaching today. Or if I was passing my own church, you still see the eyes, your own team. It's like, hey, good morning. And you see the eyes, and they're just like, can y'all see my eyes? <laughs> They're scanning, like, you know, like, oh, he has tattoos, you know. And, um, but I've always been afraid of, afraid, afraid of that because I was always afraid of the, the judgment of others. As I was afraid that when people saw the tattoos, even though they have a story, I was afraid that people would make a conclusion, they would draw a conclusion about me that may have had something to do with the story but nothing to do with who I am now and where I'm going. We often do that. If we we be honest, and as we talk about judging, if we we can be honest, we all make judgments about people, for the good or for the bad. We always make judgments, okay? So judging in and of itself is not a bad thing because you can make good judgments. You should make good judgments. We're called to make good judgments. In fact, Jesus said in Uh, John chapter 7 verse 24 he says do not judge based upon appearance but judge with righteous judgment judge with righteous judgment so judging is not necessarily a bad thing and that's countercultural because a lot of people when they read the passage that we're going to read getting ready to read they would stop at do not judge and they'll close the Bible and say see told you you're not supposed to judge for whatever reason Maybe it's because they want to continue living in a lifestyle or doing certain things that they know they shouldn't do. And so to keep that conversation at a minimum, to keep away the the guilt that they may feel or the shame that they may feel, they would say, hey, do not judge me. Why? Even your Bible says you're not supposed to judge me. It says it somewhere in in one of those books. It says, I know it says it somewhere, and we read this, and if you stop here, then they will be right. But that's not where it stops. So let's read this text. It says, Matthew chapter 7, starting at verse 1, it says this, Do not judge, or, is that a comma, or is it a period? Y'all reading your Bible? (laughs) Oh, you got it on the screen. (laughs) Do not judge, comma, or you too will be judged. For in the same way you judge others, You will be judged, and with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? How can you say to your brother or sister, let me take the speck out of your eye when all the time there is a plank in your own eye? You hypocrite. First, take the plank out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother or sister's eye. Do not give dogs what is sacred. Do not throw your pearls to the pigs. If you do, they may trample them under their feet and turn and tear you to pieces. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. God, I pray that you speak. Use me. Father, I pray that you remove anything that's going to be a distraction to all of us receiving your word and all of us trusting in your word and all of us applying your word to our lives. We need you. And Father, we trust and believe that this is your Holy Spirit-breathed word. And we thank you. Let us not be just hearers, but also doers that will give you glory in everything that we think, Say and do. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So, judging, judging, judging. When I started, I talked about how I look. And based on how I look, there are certain things that you still would not know about me. Watch this. I'm doing a little Mr. Rogers here. I don't know. Y'all don't remember Mr. Rogers? <laughs> Anything different? Anybody feel different? Now, some of you, when I first walked out, you may have already made a judgment. And a judgment, simply by definition, is a conclusion about a person or a thing, it's a conclusion, okay? You get to that cl- conclusion by making an assessment, we're gonna talk about it in a second, but it's a conclusion, okay? Some of you have already made a conclusion when you saw me, when I walked out, how I look, what I think, how I think, you're trying to process and trying to gauge how, what is the way he thinks, what are the things that are coming out of his mouth, you're assessing all these things, right? You're looking at my actions, you're looking at my body language, Everybody is judging to some degree at some level, okay? Now, when I put on a jacket, some of you, your judgment might have been a little altered. Because, oh, you know, at least he's wearing a blazer or something like that. You know, you don't just wear no jeans with holes in them to, to church, you don't do that. Y'all never heard that before? It looked, somebody coughing, like, no. Uh, <laughs> You don't, do, you don't do that. You don't wear these type of jeans to church. That's not the place that you do that. You don't have tattoos. Christians don't do those type of things. These are all conclusions about a person without fully understanding who the person really is. You couldn't tell by looking at me that I had before I told you that I had five kids. You couldn't tell by looking at me that I've been faithfully loving my wife and married to her for 11 years going on eternity. Yeah, eternity, that's right. Y'all use that, man. Use that, husbands. We've been married 25 years, going on eternity. It's not too theological, Trent, but you get it. Y'all get the point. So, but you couldn't tell these things about me by looking at my outer appearance. But the challenge is, is that within church or within life, we all have experiences. And our experiences oftentimes feed into How we see others, how we assess others. And if we're not careful, we begin to develop conclusions about others, about church, about politics, about government, about schools, whatever it is. We all have these conclusions about many things, but I want us to look at a few things here. I don't want to get ahead of myself, but I want us to look at a few things since we already know that we all can we agree that everybody judges to a certain degree? Can we agree there? Okay, so, all right, so I can take away this five pages I have on that one. (laughs) All right. Now, let me just give you a working definition. I, I said it earlier, but I just want to give you a working definition. If you want to write this down, write this down. That a judgment or judging is a conclusion about someone or something. A judgment or judging is a conclusion about someone or something. It has a negative and or a positive range of usage. Okay. So again, judging by itself is not necessarily a bad thing, but it has a certain direction that it can go for the good or for the bad. The positive or negative range is contingent upon your assessment. Your assessment is how you look, you looking and paying attention and listening to the thoughts, the words, and the actions of others. That's your assessment, okay? As you're looking, as you're listening, you're paying attention, and you see that you start to develop a conclusion. Again, not necessarily a good or bad thing at that moment. It's also, this assessment is based on two things. I like to say two things. One, it's based on scripture, it can be based on experience. It can be based on facts. It can be based on hearsay. It can be based on tradition. These are just a few things that your assessment can be based on. I would argue that we always, as best as we can, need to assess things or people based upon scripture. Because everything else, will fail. Everything else is not tr- as trustworthy as we like it to be, okay? You also use a length or a, a form of measurement when it comes to your assessment. So you can assess me, for example, and you can make a final, you can make a, I'm going to say fi- not final right now, but you can make a conclusion about me. The measure to which you make that conclusion about me will determine which direction that it goes. First the basis and then the direction. Are y'all following me? So you could say, yeah, he looks like he's a you know pretty decent guy. And you can end there. That's a normal assessment of someone, right? He seems intelligent, he seems whatever it is, he seems that he can communicate, da-da-da-da-da. When you get to the place where you start to make final judges, judgments about someone is when we begin to get in trouble for either direction. Because what is important is, again, the basis upon which you make your assessment and the measure upon which that assessment is made. Let me give you an Ill- illustration. I got my, got my Sharpie. Y'all ready? It's a line. This is positive. Let's just say this side is the negative. Negative. Now, there's a, it's easy to get into the negative when it comes to judging, especially when the basis is not in Scripture, and especially when we're not doing it with humility. I'm going to write a few things down here. On this side, let's just say this is the final conclusion for the positive. And you make a final conclusion... Going towards the negative. Now, because now we know that there are types of judgments, there are types, there's positive and negative, I wanna talk a little bit about what are some things that causes us or draws us to make judgments? What do we use? What are some, some bases that we use to make an assessment? Are y'all following me? What are some bases? One can be, let's just say facts, okay? It could be information, right? To make a, this is going to be in a, in a kind of a general area right here. This is kind of this, the general, what we typically do. Facts. What else? Somebody say something? Values. It could be values, sure. have values. Now, some of these things can go either way, all right? How about experience? Somebody say experience? That's a big one. What else? Perception. How about? How about feelings? Oh, boy. Feelings. I just feel like, you know, I don't know why. I just feel like something ain't right just about them. Did you feel that? <laughs> I asked him one question, and he was a little nervous, and I just, I just feel like he's something that's not right. I don't know. You need to check them. I don't know if I want to be around that type of person. Feelings. How about evidence? Again, these can go both ways. Evidence. Facts. Evidence. Let me see. How about hearsay? Gossip. Oh, y'all said it first. (laughs) Gossip. That's a big one, right? Just because everybody else said something about that one person, you draw a conclusion about that person based upon what everybody else said without doing your own investigation or without a full assessment. Remember, the measure of your assessment is important, okay? I don't like John. Why? I just don't like him. (laughs) Again, it's just something about John I just don't like. And you decide to follow suit without even knowing John, have never met John. And then when you meet him, you treat him in the same way that everybody else is treating him. But you have no information about John or why you're even treating him that way. Goodness gracious, I could preach that all day. Hearsay, gossip. Y'all know that's high school? That's high school stuff. Let's just be honest. I don't like him because you don't like him. You don't like him. I don't like him either. (laughs) Have you fully examined? Have you listened to them? Have you spent time with John? Have you asked John what his story is? Maybe John does have some ways that are a little different. It may make you a little uncomfortable. Maybe he does when he talks to people. He kind of, you know, you know how you have those people when they talk to you, they like right here. (laughs) He just, he may not be as aware of his space, right? You know, that's okay. That's not like a bad thing. If you go to other countries, some other countries, like, has anybody ever been to other countries? And, you know, you talk to people and they're like right here. And you're just like, I'm doing well. Thank you. Fine. You know, and they're just like right here. But maybe he has, he acts a certain way. He talks a certain way. He behaves a certain way because he has a certain experience. You don't know what John went through with his parents. You don't know what John had to happen with another in-law. You don't know what happened in his previous marriage. You, you don't know if, if maybe his wife left him. Maybe he, she left him with the children and he was left to raise all the children by himself and had to make things work and had to figure things out all on his own. And, and because you see him at church, you only have one, one hour and a half or one hour and 15 minutes of seeing John and we make a final assessment about John and you know nothing about his past. And that's what divides the church. You say, experience. All of these things can lead you in either direction to end up making a final conclusion. I've been in church all my life, all my life. I mean all my life. I, I can't remember ever not going to church. My grandmother and my grandfather raised me. We, I was raised what they call in the church. I might have been born in the church. I don't know. It seems like it. <laughs> I, I remember always sitting with my grandfather in the front row. He was a deacon. My grandmother was a deaconess. Y'all remember those terms? <laughs> deacon, deaconess. Y'all, do y'all use those terms? <laughs> the, the the women were, were all white. They would sit over here. The men were all black. Sit over here. You know. And the men only the deacons can serve communion. All black. White gloves, because it was sacred. And you had that little table in the front that says, do this in remembrance. Y'all remember that? Do not touch that table, you will turn to ashes. (laughs) Y'all remember that table? Oh, man, I got so many whoopings about that table. Just to let, I was the one, I was that, I was, like, I have, like, my brother and sister and I, I'm the baby. I'm the one that was always the one that would do stuff, like, don't do, I'm going to do it. So I was just that one. I would be standing on the table, pushing the table, just, you know, got so many whoopings by that. Thank you, grandma. I love you so much for that. So, but I was, I was raised in the church, right? And, and I know what it's like to have bad experiences in church. Let me move this everybody. Can y'all see? Y'all good? I know what it's like to have bad experience in church. I've been in part of church. I've been on a worship team. I sung in the choir. I ushered first post, second post, third post, the post nobody want to do. In the front, the front doors, you got to stand there the whole time. I know what it's like to be in church and to be hurt by church. I pastored churches. And the people that you expect to be the ones that have your back. The people you expect to be the ones that will love you and care for you and, and really kind of do life with you, walk along with you, keep a confidence. Breaks your heart. Do things behind your back. Y'all know what I'm talking about, right? I don't have to go down this road, do it. So I know what it's like, and if I'm not careful with this experience, I can allow that. I can allow that through time. And not going to church anymore and not allowing God to work in and through me, I can allow that to have me to make a final conclusion about the church that they're just a bunch of hypocrites. And I don't wanna be a part of it. And when you make a final conclusion, not just a conclusion, we always make conclusions, but when you make that final conclusion, it's hard to unwind. It's hard to unwind. Remember, experiences. If you're not careful, they will lead you to make final conclusions. Let's talk about it. I look the way I look. There are some people in here that's been raised to think certain things about individuals based upon how they look. So was I. It's not just one way. So was I. My father raised me to think that I already had two strikes against me. Two strikes. I'm like, really? When did I get the uh, first two? Or when did I get the first one? Well, son, you're black. Number two, you're male. You're black, male. You got two strikes against you. One more, you're done. Imagine being raised like that. You're always looking over your shoulder because you're always thinking that somebody's out to get you. I'm a victim. Everything is old to me. Everybody's against me. It's what Tupac says it's me against the world. Oh, I'm sorry, Wrong analogy. I'm sorry. <laughs> Lord help me. Wrong analogy. Y'all, y'all, know who Tupac is? Okay, yeah, yeah. Come on now, y'all. Know, right. Don't judge. <laughs> but I always felt that way. It was me against the world, and so I was. I, I grew up very angry. I grew up very angry because I had a victim mentality, and so I always thought somebody was saying something, or doing something, or trying to be conniving, or want want something from me. And when you live that way, you live in isolation. You you naturally isolate. So you don't want to be a part of community within the church. You don't want to join a community group. You don't want to get involved in anything. You don't even want to serve because of the experience you had in the church or what dad and mom might have told you at home. Whatever it may be, you don't want to be a part of anything. You want to live in isolation, and you barely even come to church. So maybe you even just want to watch online because I don't want to meet people. They don't even know my business. I can just love God and worship Jesus from my couch because of experiences. So here's some of the reasons that we make bad judgments. We we start to lean in this negative direction, right? We start to move. Again, some of this is kind of like the normal, you know, not, not so good, you know, but not necessarily unrighteous. It's just not fully informed and we do that right we make some full we make some uninformed judgments or assessments about people we do that let's be honest we do that and then here we make some good assessments and judgments right you know we, we, we're paying attention to the facts and we're looking at the numbers and we see experiences that we've had and like okay that makes sense it's like you know if I go home and in the type of neighborhood that we live in there are certain type of people that you don't expect to be standing outside on the corner and you smell the aroma in the air somebody say man. Y'all know the enrollment in the areas, right? Okay, you can see, and and I'm just going to be very transparent. For example, my wife and my family and I, we live in a neighborhood, and the neighborhood is predominantly uh, affluent, okay? And so most of the people there don't look like me, right? So if I go home, and it's, let's say, 10 o'clock at night, And I see, uh, you know, a couple of African Americans, for example. And I'm just giving you an example. And they have their their shirt off, and you know, some of them, you know, you smell their aroma, and their pants are are below their waist. And you know, I get out the car, and they're just kind of just looking. I'm going to naturally make an assessment. I should make an assessment. Why? Because I have to protect my family. I'm not making a final conclusion but I'm definitely making an assessment. And as I'm continuing to assess, I'm going to make some form of a conclusion about this. Y'all have to be honest. That's not saying, oh, oh, I I don't like black people. No, that's saying like, based upon my experience, based upon how I was raised, based upon what I even done in my own life, I know what that looks like. That may not be the final conclusion. I may be absolutely wrong. I hope I'm absolutely wrong. But the chances are, I might be right, and I would rather be safe and wrong. Am I saying that right? Safe and wrong, than right and you get what I'm, y'all get what I'm saying. <laughs> my brain just it just goes and flows, and all things some, sometimes jumbled together. Babe, did that make sense? Okay. <laughs> Babe, what are you talking about? Uh, but y'all get my point, right? So. Let's look at what Jesus says real quick. So why do we judge? Why do we make conclusions about someone or something? Again, facts, experience, evidence, personal experience. How about insecurities? Insecurities. I think and feel that I'm not safe or that I don't have enough. And so I allow those insecurities to drive my assessment. It gives me the lens through which I see, people. And so because of my experience or even what I've done, did you know that your own sin can make you misjudge others? Oh, come on. Yeah, it's not necessarily what always happens to you. It could be things that you know that you do, and because you know that you can get away with it or that you're sneaky and can do this and do that and do this and do that, you always think that other people are doing the same thing. Oh, that's good. That's good. That's good online. That's good. Husbands, let me talk to you for a second. Lean in. My God does that. Lean in, lean in for a second. Sometimes your insecurities, your distrust in your wife. (laughs) Sometimes your insecurities, your distrust in your wife it's not because of the experience. It's not necessarily because of something she's done. It could be because it's something that you know that you either have experienced or that you are doing or could do. Let that sink in for a second. We can blame her and say, "Oh, I think you just... Oh, I just don't know. I just feel like I don't know. I feel like something's wrong. I feel like you go. I don't know. I just... whoo, I tell you, man. I, whew, I just don't want to be betrayed. I just don't want to go through this. I don't. Wanna, I just feel like something might not be right. Some... Some. You know, it's just... You know, you never know the situation. The situation can look like this, and you know, you know, you know how things can happen, and all the type of stuff, and, and you just never know. When all the while, it's nothing that she is doing, but it's things that you have experienced. Or things that you know that you either are doing or can do or used to do. Your own sin, our own sin can inform how we see others. And so it's not always the church that's the issue. It's not always the relationships and people that you're with the issue. It's not always that we just can't trust politicians and government. Do you cheat on your taxes? Let's just be honest. I mean, let's just be honest. So our distrust, again, our insecurities can be born out of our own sin. So here's some reasons why we judge others or why we make conclusions about others or other things. Now, so Jesus says, Do not judge or you will be judged for the same measure or for the same way you judge others, you will be judged and with the measure. So, again, he's not saying don't judge. Jesus wants us to judge with righteous judgment. Judgment within measure. And, again, that within measure is kind of based on, think of it this way. That measure can be based upon what your own experience has been, okay, or what you can possibly know. We don't know all things. We're not omniscient. We don't know all things. Right. And so all most of the time, if you if we stay humble, we have to humble ourselves to know that we won't know everything in every situation and every possibility. We can't judge the motives of everybody. That's the area where I always try to I got to get out of that. I don't know. I don't know why somebody did what they did. It could be many reasons that they did what they did. It could be many reasons that they think the way they think. It could be many reasons why they speak the way they speak. So I try not to say you did this because. Because that's making an assessment or judgment based upon their motive. And you don't know their heart. You don't even know your own heart. But you can make a more informed. How do you make a more informed assessment? A righteous or a positive assessment is that, again, you have to do these things. Look, those eyes, listen to the thoughts, words, and actions. Watch this across time. my clock. You know why I say cross time? It's because all of us are different people at certain moments and different times in life. You change over a period of time. You're not the same. Not, you're not the same the way you well, you shouldn't be the same that you were in high school or you're just an old infant. <laughs> and that's ugly. <laughs> an old infant. Like, you, know, you, shouldn't be the same. you shouldn't think and act the same way that you used to when you were an adolescent. So you're a different person across time. You're a different person. Some, some of us are different when we leave here. <laughs> so what you have to do, we want to do life. We want to build unity. We have to look and listen. And it's the same thing with Jesus. You want to know Jesus better? You want him to inform and change your heart? That he gives you new lenses through which to see people, to assess, and to make righteous judgments, make righteous conclusions about people? And even you can, you know, you can make a final conclusion about People, too, if it's based on Scripture and with humility. For example, if someone comes and says, am I saved? And you ask them, do you know Jesus Christ, who he is, and what he has done on your behalf? They say, yeah. You start asking them, asking them more questions about what that looks like. What does that mean? What do you mean when you say Yes. And they really don't know, you can, based upon scripture, after, because you have been assessing, based upon scripture, you can say, my brother, my sister, based upon scripture, a plain reading, accurate reading of scripture, I don't think you're saved. I don't think you're saved. You have fallen in love with church, but not with Christ. You only know what you have been told by grandma or grandfather or by your uncle or parents, but you don't know Jesus. That's a final conclusion, because that's a conclusion about their future, where they are in their future. Final conclusion. But don't make final conclusions about people when you have not fully assessed. And your assessment, again, has to be with humility and based upon Scripture. Humility means that you look at you first. Let's... You look at you first. Let me help you. Cross-centeredness. I look at him first and continually. So that never changes. That always stays there. As I'm looking at him, which means I have a, I'm building, I have established a relationship with him. That means I trust in the gospel of who Jesus Christ is and what he has done on my behalf based upon what scripture teaches, not my feelings, not my church experience. I know y'all love the song, I'm no longer, uh, what is it, uh, a slave to fear. I I love the song too. But that song, if you haven't trusted in the gospel, the experience of that song does not save you. Goosebumps don't mean that you're saved. You can listen to any song and get goosebumps and feel good. My gaze is on him, my focus is on him, my trust, my love is in him, and is growing in him. I'm growing in my knowledge of him through studying his word. And as I continue to look at him, he's changing me. He's rearranging things. He's renewing my mind. He's giving me a new heart. He's giving me his spirit now. I am now in dwell with the precious Holy Spirit. He is now, I am now sealed until the day of redemption, which means that once you have the Holy Spirit, You can't lose the Holy Spirit because now he's sealed within you. You have him sealed. Oh, my Lord, I don't have time to talk about this. You are sealed now. And once you're sealed, he now starts to change your mind. He renews your mind as you continue to study and focus and have devotion with him. You pray and spend time with him, spend time in the word, spend time in prayer, spend time in praise, spend time fasting and seeking the Lord. And as you do that, God begins to change who you are more and more and more and not just change who you are. He changes your perspective of who you are. He changes how you assess who you are. And so now your judgments about yourself are not always negative. So you don't have to walk around with your head down because what you've done in the past and what you did yesterday and what you said yesterday. No, now I am new creature. I'm born new. I now have a new father. My father is the father in heaven because I believe and I trust in him. I now have the right to become a child of God. That's John chapter one, verses 11, going to 12, read the whole Bible if you need it. So keep on going. Now I have that relationship with him. He's changing my mind, Romans chapter 12. And as he's changing my mind now, I can assess myself better. I don't walk with condemnation. I am, now, I am now righteous in his sight. I am justified in his sight. And because I'm justified in his sight, my perspective of other people can now change. And now when I look at you, I don't have to judge you based upon what I see right now, but I'm going to make an assessment. Yes, this is where you are right now, but I see where God wants to take you. I see what God wants to do in you. I see what God wants to do through you. And now when you have that perspective, you are now humble. You can walk with people, and you don't have to worry about judging them in a negative way. Did y'all follow that? Him. That was a lie. I'm tired. I'm out of breath. Him. Him. I look unto the hills from which cometh my help. How many people need help? We should all be clapping. How many people need help? I need help. If you're not clapping, you need help. We need help. Because, listen, listen look, look, and I'm, I'm done. The world we live in. Look at what's happening around us, church. Political divisions. Supply chain. Mask, unmask. Vaccine, no vaccine. Puts kids in school, keep kids out of school. Parents being called domestic terrorists. You know, all these things happening in school. Critical race theory, teach it or don't teach it. I could go on and on. Afghanistan, do we still have Americans there? Who voted for this, this administration? I voted for the last administration. How could you vote for the last administration? Divisions and divisions and divisions and divisions and divisions. We let these little cloths divide us. A cloth. When he, when we know, if we're a believer, we know we see in scripture that we should be united in love. And that love is not based upon my feelings. That love is not based upon my political affiliation. That love is not based upon my education. That love is not based upon my perspective of how schools should be ran and what should be taught. My my love is based upon the centrality of who Jesus Christ is, and that's based upon Scripture. And so we as a church, we don't unite based upon a political affiliation. We don't unite because we're all conservative or we're all liberal. We unite because we love Jesus and because of who Jesus says He is according to Scripture. We unite on the essentials. It's the essentials of the faith. I am so tired. Of people arguing over this stuff. In some ways, and I don't know what this means, but some ways I say I just really miss the days before this pandemic. Yeah, there were issues. But just to some degree, it just revealed some things that we weren't paying attention to, church. There were some things that we, had, we didn't get straightened out. But thanks be to God. Because in his omniscience, he knew that he would allow this to happen. I said he allowed it to happen. I won't argue and say that he made it happen. I said he allowed it to happen. Obviously, he's sovereign. One preacher said, God is always in control, but he doesn't always take control. That's good. So we can know, we can have hope to know that even with the pandemic, even with all the political division, even thought all the division that's been taking place with masks and vaccines and all these things and race relations. That we know that God is going to work all things together. Thank you, Jesus, for the good. Of them who love Him, do you love Him? And are called according to His purpose. And so, Father, I plead with you in front of my brothers and sisters. And I ask, first of all, Father, I ask for your forgiveness. Forgive me for those moments, God, of being judgmental. Forgive me for those moments of even arguing about the mask and no mask and vaccine and no vaccine. God, I ask for your forgiveness in front of my brothers and sisters. I want you all to join me in this. Wherever it is that God is revealing things in your heart, ask for his forgiveness God I confess these things to you publicly forgive me father and father I ask now within me and within my brothers and sisters now that we be the light that we be the buttress of truth in this world, Father, that we do not bend to the whims and and we don't fall to the philosophies and we're not led astray by the winds and teachings of different doctrines, Father, but that we remain united in love based upon Scripture, that the essentials is what unites us, Father. I pray that my brothers can come together and look each other in the eye and say, I'm sorry for making this judgment about you. It was an incorrect judgment. I don't even know you, but I want to get to know you. I pray that my sisters get together. Brother. And sisters get together, Father, and be able to come together with your spirit and say, Please forgive me because I've said some things, I've thought some things, I've made some final conclusions about them that are not true, that are not right, God. And you, I pray, Father, that you unite them, unite your church, bring your people back together again, that we may worship you in the spirit of truth, that we may worship you, Father, in corporate worship, that when we come together, God, we will exalt you. magnify you. We will lift you up. We will bless your name. We will call her out. Hallelujah. Bless the name of the Lord. Father, we thank you, God, that you will do a good work in and through your church. Father, in the end, you will get the glory. Use everything, everyone that you need, Father, to get the glory that you rightly deserve. And God, as we leave this place, Father, let everything that we think, say, and do be for the glory of who you are. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Somebody say amen. Come on, let's just celebrate Jesus. Come on, celebrate.